welcome back to a brand new edition of Me and the Gals. Today it's just me, I'm flying solo, but there will be more episodes with the gals coming and we've actually thought of what I think some pretty exciting topics for those next couple of episodes. But today, today I want to talk about a subject that I've been thinking about for a very long time and that actually has relevance in my life because it happened not too long ago. As a matter of fact, it happened last year and the theme of our episode today is conscious uncoupling. So before we get started with the theme, I want to talk a little bit about my book that I am writing at the moment. I've got two more chapters to go before the final rewrite is done. Then I hand it over to my favorite editor, which happens to be a very good friend of mine. And then it goes to the publishing house that has already shown some interest. So I'm very, very excited. It's going to be called The Breakup Call. And it's about, you guessed it, breaking up. I will come at that topic from before the breakup, during the breakup, and after the breakup. So it's definitely a guide for when you're still on the fence about when you want to leave or if you want to leave while you're in the thick of it and the aftermath of a breakup. I will be posting a lot on social media about it. I'm going to be joining a panel talk in the wonderfully charming little city of Mainz here in Germany in May. Be sure to hit me up if you are in Germany at that time. And lastly, I have a new website. It's still under construction, but it is coming. Just wanted to draw your attention to it. It will be called thebreakupcall.com. And on the website, you'll find out about my coachings, my online classes, all of which I'm working on at the moment. So I'm really, really excited to introduce all of that to you. So while we're on the subject, that is indeed what we're talking about today, the conscious breakup. Now, the term conscious uncoupling is actually not a term that I coined. It's by a lady called Catherine Woodward. And I recently, as mentioned, came in contact with it because I was writing about conscious uncoupling in my book. So what are some of the things that we can do, that we can say, and that we can think about when a relationship is over and we're not angry at each other, we're not mad, it's not all that toxicity that you'll find in some of the other episodes I talk about how to leave a narcissist, for example. This is on very much the other side of that spectrum. This is when you still have respect for each other, you honor the love that you shared, and you honor the time that you spent with each other. All that said, there can still be a lot of disagreement. This is an incredibly hard, volatile, and vulnerable time. You're dissolving something that used to be one organism, and you're trying to turn it into two or more again. That's not just a math problem, <laughs> unfortunately. It's a real emotional problem and something that I think all of us have struggled with at some point. So one of the first steps that I felt was really, really helpful during my conscious uncoupling, and I've had a few of them actually, is to know and agree upon both of you, what is the big picture here? What is the thing, the concept, the part of that organism that we want to preserve that means so much to us and that we share so much of that we cannot lose sight of it? The big picture can be you have kids together, you own a business together, you just don't want this to get ugly, and or you're actually really good friends and you don't want to give up that friendship. I'll be focusing a little bit on the first and the last point, which were kids 
and a really good friendship because those are the ones I can speak to. That I don't want it to get ugly (laughs) goes without saying. Sometimes I could prevent it, other times not so much. So when you've decided what the big picture is, then the next step for both of you is to see, okay, what are the systems and the steps that we need to put into place so that we can preserve and keep alive this big picture? And then find a way to agree on those. So if it were kids, for example, then obviously each of you wants to start understanding, okay, what do the kids do every day? What are the extracurriculars? What kind of personalities are they? And how will they deal with this breakup? How will we speak to the children? What will their lives look like? And where will they live? And once you've been able to agree on all of these things, that's a huge job already, right? Because you know you're not going to fight over the big picture, which in this case is your children. But let's say there aren't children involved. Let's say you just don't want this thing to get ugly. And then let's further say that you're not exactly sure if you're going to be able to do this because you feel pissed off or because the other person has resentment towards you. And we'll get into some of that a little bit later, what you can do in that case. But most importantly is that you both agree on that you don't want this to turn into a quagmire or a drawn-out divorce or ugly court proceedings, whatever it is. It's good to know that you want this to go down fairly. If you run a business together, hopefully you've already drawn up contracts that would foresee a possible divorce or separation and then will take care of whatever fallout then happens. And the one conscious uncoupling that I actually think applies always and that I think is super important is that you want to keep the friendship. So what are some of the systems and steps that you can keep or put into place that will preserve a friendship between you, maybe an even really good friendship. And then once you've got all these logistics out of the way, decide, can you talk to each other? And so harking back to point number three, you don't want this to get ugly when you realize, I respect this person, I still love this person, or I don't love them anymore, but whatever the case is, I don't think I can talk about this right now. I'm too distraught. I'm so hurt or disappointed or just plain sad over my life no longer looking like what it might have been or what we had spoken about, how we wanted to live life together. So if you feel like you can't talk to each other, is there a way to afford a mediator, somebody who is neutral and can speak to both of your concerns and worries that you have? And if you can't afford a mediator, Is there not a shared friend, a person you both respect, who might have even been through a separation themselves, but who certainly has the kind of farsight and neutrality to moderate the kind of conversation that you and your now ex-partner are going to have to have? Speaking of separation, I've always found it really hard, especially when I was in a longer-term relationship, to just cut off this person and leave physically leave, no more communication, no more contact whatsoever. Whether they had a new person or I had a new person, there was still this stage of the separation that I I could have really used some help with from this other partner. Again, whether we had new partners, it doesn't matter, but there were so many questions I had. How do we get here? What are some of my blind spots? Where did I not understand that we were beginning to unravel? On top of that, There was also this missing, 
this person was suddenly gone and it hurt like nothing you had maybe experienced before. And so why, in what rule book does it say that you have to, that you absolutely must separate physically and emotionally right off the bat, like as soon as the decision has been made? And I know the kind of quagmire you could fall into when you don't make the rules of the separation very clear. But those rules should represent who you were to each other, who you are right now, where you are right now, and most importantly, who you want to be to each other. One example, so this doesn't become too abstract. So I separated from my boyfriend last year. We had a mutual separation. It was very clear we couldn't stay together for timing reasons. My boyfriend at the time still wanted children, and I already had a grown-up son. There was no way we could make these dreams compatible with each other. And so we had to break up. It was the right thing to do. But it hurt because now we were leaving somebody who we still very much were in love with and got along with. So we did something that all of our friends thought was really, really crazy. We did separate, but we never stopped being in in contact with each other. In fact, after the first initial days, there were a few where we sort of had to have a little distance. But after those, we started communicating and it became more and more clear towards the end of the relationship, and keep in mind, yes, we had time to prepare, of course. It wasn't like an infidelity or something. But during that phase of conclusion and beyond, we kept talking. We kept asking each other questions. When one of us was sadder than the other that day, we midwifed each other through the separation. And it was very, very hard. I do not recommend this to everybody. I don't think I could have done this with everybody. But we were able to do this because what was our bigger picture? We knew we didn't just want to be friends who maybe call each other when the other is in town and have a coffee. We wanted to be really good friends, the kind of friends that keep leveling each other up, which is what we've always done, who keep being interested and invested in the other person's well-being. And we did that so well that we thought, we don't want to give this up. So the decision to not just abandon each other is huge to not leave this other person in the dark with their questions and the situation they now find themselves in or that you find yourself in. And what about the roles you had in each other's lives? Maybe your partner was your confidant, your husband, your wife, your business advisor, the parent of your child, the step-parent of your child, a very long-term friend before you became a couple. All these roles they are also gone if you separate completely. You're not just losing a partner, you're losing an entire ecosystem. Now, if both of you are willing and able to understand that that is an ecosystem and that it takes a lot of time and trust to build such a foundation, then maybe there's an opening there to still play some of those roles in each other's lives. So you're not lovers anymore, But maybe you can still be each other's business advisors. And again, I have to use my most recent breakup. We still coach each other. And we do so from a place of absolute absence of self-interest because we're no longer together. And love and realization who this other person is and why we want them in our lives. And because we were able to do that, we kept being able to transcend the lover's level. Again, it was not easy. 
but it's so worth it when you consider this other person to be a valuable character in this life drama, if you will. So another aspect of this conscious uncoupling of keeping the communication, the dialogue open, is that this is an incredible growth opportunity. So what we did at the time is we talked about what happened here. And especially in the breakup that I recently experienced, I talked about my fears. I openly admitted how very, very sad I was because there was no ego involved. I had no interest in proving to the other person, my life is so much better without you. I didn't have to do any of those things. I didn't have to be flexing about how great my life was without this person. It wasn't so great. And then I was worried, what if new partners show up and we can't be friends? And those are all questions to be asked once you get to that bridge and you decide to cross it. But for the moment, ask each other and yourself, is there not an aspect or several of this person that I definitely want to fight for to keep it in my life? Because love does not end because you stop sleeping with each other. If it really is true love, the genuine kind, and love does not end with a breakup, because you don't break up with love in that moment. You're breaking up with this person. There's two physical bodies that are now going separate ways. But the less physical and more transcendental, if you will, energy of love remains. And it can get transformed into other things. You might not be best friends forever, but at least you can still be in each other's lives or run the business together or take care of the kids, whatever your big picture is. Love does not have to end with the ending of the relationship. And if you think about it, isn't it wonderful that you don't have to do this alone? Because isn't one of the worst things about breakups that we feel so alone and lonely and that we feel like only music, for me it's music and the people who sing it, that only they know how you feel because nobody can understand the excruciating pain and loss that you are now experiencing. And to not have to do that alone, to know that the other person also misses aspects of you. Isn't that just a really nice feeling? So lastly, what I really want to emphasize is that this is not an easy breakup. Breakups are never easy, even when you're so ready to go because you're like, dude, I've been waiting for this moment for like 10 years. <laughs> Let's say that is the case. Of course, that's a little different. But if you're not so willing to give up all aspects and parts of this relationship, and if you both manage to see it that way and to agree that, yes, you want to keep these parts sacred and whole, then that is a very hard but a very worthy cause. So lastly, I'd love to hear about your breakups. Did any of you have conscious uncouplings? What was your experience? Did it not go well for you at all? Would you totally not recommend it? I know that in some ways it makes the pain actually more difficult and longer. So maybe some of you have the same experience. Hit me up with your messages. I always love to hear from you. And I really look forward to talking to you again next time with the gals, with Sophia and Karina. Until then, stay well and sending lots of love from here.